Um, yeah, I just want to share briefly on uh, something that, that really stirred, stirred my heart, I suppose, while I was there in Thailand. Um, because Thailand is, is only one, about 1% Christian. So it's a tiny percentage. There's millions and millions of people and only 1% Christian. So in Australia, you've got churches in most towns, Christian churches in most towns. Over there, you've got temples everywhere, Buddhist temples, just loads of them. It's, it, it's like how, how that nation came to a place that it's so established in, in Buddhism and, and, this, and this religion that isn't helping people or, or satisfying people's needs or connecting them with God is, is hard to understand. Um, but there is a great need for the gospel there. And wh- one of the places we went to was one of the temples. But in, in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if, you, if the Spirit of the Lord is, is in a place, there's freedom there. So if the Spirit of the Lord dwells in us, then we will have freedom. If we're dwelling with God and His Spirit is dwelling in us, then that will bring freedom and liberty to our lives. It will bring freedom from sin, freedom from fear, freedom from, from every, everything that can, that can come upon us and be in our minds. And obviously, I mean, everyone's here today because we want to dwell with God and we want God to dwell in us and, and with us. Who, who doesn't want that here? It, this, is what it, this is what it says in Isaiah. For this is what the, the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. That verse is incredible. What God is basically saying in that verse is he's saying, there's two places that he dwells. He dwells in a high and holy place, a high and exalted, lofty place, but at the same time, he dwells with, in, and with people who are contrite and lowly in spirit to revive them and to revive their spirit and to revive their hearts. That, to me, is incredible, those two aspects of God. And when we're in Thailand, we, we came... Pastor Eric took us up, up to this, um, this one of these Buddhist temples, and it was one of the more revered temples because it was high up on the mountain. The higher the temple, the more revered it is, I suppose. And, and all, of this, all of this was paid by people. So they've put their money in to fund these steps, to fund the temple. And they've got little bricks there with their name on and how much they gave. And the more you gave, the closer your brick was to the, to the top. So down the bottom here, 
you've got people that gave 500 baht or something, or 1,000 baht, and some of them were covered up by cement. You know, they, that was pretty average sort of donation. But then, you know, 100,000 baht was as you're entering one of the places to see the monk, or 200,000 was this. And so, the, and, and this, this sort of mentality, even though they're, they're searching, the people are searching for God, even though they, if they don't understand it. And but what they're trying to do is they're trying to get to God in the high and holy place. So they're building this temple up high. They're, they're trying to, they're, they're giving of their finances in an attempt to, 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 they're doing good works and trying to get rid of, um, get rid of the sin and stuff in their life. They're trying to reach, they would say nirvana, they're trying to get eternal life. They're trying to find this place of rest and peace. It, that, that's what the Buddhist sort of thing is. And they, but they're trying, they're going about it the, the wrong way. They, they're trying to climb, they're cl climb, trying to climb up to God in the high and holy place. And when you get up there, look, the, these, it, was, it was surreal. It, it wasn't, God wasn't tangibly there. It was a tourist attraction. There was people taking photos. There was, there was all the gold. There was, there was these trees of money where you put your money in, um, you know, to fund, to fund everything. And, you know, maybe we should get some money trees around here. But they talk about Christianity saying, you know, just about money. But this was just over the top. There was money trees there. You're supposed to put your money there and give to this and that. And it was all about that. And, and so this, this grand palace thing you know trying to reach up to heaven almost and so you know we we serve a, a, a holy god as as it says in that thing he's high and lifted up he's mighty and awesome but the way that we reach god isn't what you would expect isn't what you would expect in the natural You know, even, even the monks, they have, to, they have to have sort of severe bodily discipline, I suppose, severe dedication. And I don't, I don't know if I saw a smiling monk there. They, they just look washed out and, 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 and no life in them. And so what, all they were finding... All people were finding in this place was emptiness. It was just empty. There was, no, there was nothing there. It, it was just a show. There was, it was, there was nothing there of God. Was, no one was getting healed. No one was getting delivered. No one was getting strengthened. Or there was, you know, it, was, it wasn't there. And you know, in, in the same way, we can, we can approach Christianity in that sort of way. We can approach Christianity as in a way of, I've got to reach up to God. I've got to, I've got to climb that stairway. I've got to build that stairway to get up to God. I've got to get, do all my good deeds. I've got to read my Bible regularly, fast and pray. I've got to do all these. I've got to reach up. I've got to, I, I, I feel... You, you can feel an emptiness or a deadness in your, in, in, in your Christian life and 
you don't even realize that you're in that mode of, I've got to try and reach God. I've got to take those steps up and, and elevate myself up to get with God because we know God is high and holy. And so we, we're spending all this energy trying to reach God, but we can't. We, we can't do it. All, all those things are part, are, you know, reading the Bible and, and fasting and praying and all that is all an integral part of our Christian life. But if it's in the wrong way it's dead works it, it's the wrong ba basis of our christian life and it says in matthew 5 8 15 8 these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me i don't want to get into a place where you're just doing religious activity i'm just speaking out his name and, and singing into songs but my heart's not in it. I want my heart to be in it. I don't want to just be going through the motions in my Christian walk. What's the point of that? It's, it's pointless. We can be saying and doing the right things, but our heart is, is not really in it. And sometimes we're genuinely trying to reach God. It's just because we don't understand how he works. We're genuinely trying to get to God. Our heart, we do want to know him. We do want to be one with him. We do want him to dwell with us, but we're just going about it the wrong way. And sometimes we can, we can be doing good stuff and we don't even realize that God isn't dwelling with us and we, his spirit isn't dwelling with us and we aren't dwelling with him. Like we're, we're blinded. So we, we think, we look at our good deeds and we think, yeah, well, I'm doing this, that and the other. Don't worry about all the bad stuff. We'll just put that aside. Um, but and we think God is with us when He's, he's not. He's, he's actually not because we've we've lifted ourselves up. We're we, we're getting a bit self-righteous. We're getting a bit well. I'm 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 pretty good, and we're elevating ourselves. And as soon as we start to elevate yourself, you start to distance yourself from God. And, and you'll never you start to distance yourself. There's only two ways you can reach God. You can elevate yourself, or you can humble yourself and if you try the first way you you can't make it so there's really only one way <laughs> there's only one way left um in in psalm psalm 138 6 for though the lord is high yet he has respect to the lowly bringing them into fellowship with him but the proud and haughty he knows and recognizes only at a distance. So when we're proud and haughty, do you get the picture of that? Jesus, if we're proud and haughty, Jesus is over here. I'm, I'm over there and Jesus is over here. He's watching me at a distance. But, but if we're humble, it says that he brings us into fellowship with him. Because... And he does that because that is, God is actually a humble God. God is, a, a, he is our king and king of kings and lord of lords and high and lifted up, but he's also the servant king. He's also the humble king that came to serve. Yes, there are things we can do to increase our passion and stay in revival in our lives like prayer or Bible reading or service, but the basis of all these things and all our lives is humility before 
God and the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit. So the reality of finding and living in the presence of God is different than you would think in, the, in your natural mind. It's different than what you think in your natural mind. It's, it's, it contradicts that. And Sorry, I'll just go back to that one. And in Acts 17, 24 to 28, it says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. So he's here right now. He's in our midst right now. We live and move and have our being in him. He's all around us. And if we're not Sometimes in our Christian walk, we, can, we can't feel his presence or sense his presence or he's not, we don't feel him dwelling with us. And maybe the reason is that we're, we're, we're not humble before him or contrite because his presence dwells with those, uh, with people like that. And Jesus is the ultimate example. He he is the holy God, but he also humbled himself uh, to come down to us and lift us up. Jesus came down from his throne and came and served us and washed our feet. And, and that, that to me is incredible, that he, he would come down to earth to lift up the, who he's created, like that he would serve me. How, how does, doesn't that blow your mind? The king of all creation, that God of heaven and earth, came down to serve me, to wash my feet, to wash your feet. And Je the thing is, Jesus leads by example. So he doesn't, he leads by example. And that's exactly what he did. He came down and s served his disciples and said, now you do what I'm doing. You do what I'm doing. Serve each other, love each other, and to, to, to really worship God, you have, to, you have to let him serve you. And it sounds like a foreign thing, but you have to let Jesus serve you. You have to let him lift you up. You have to let him revive you. You have to let him fill you up and, 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 and love on you. You have to. Because <laughs> if you don't have that, you won't be able to love anyone else. And if he... If you don't know that he serves you, 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 won't, be, you, won't, want to, you won't serve anyone else. Because everything he does, he does it first. And then he says, follow me. And so in Zechariah, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? God comes. He, Jesus was making a point. That was about Jesus when he entered Jerusalem on that donkey. He was making a point. He, he, he could have 
had a, his robes on. He could have had his staff his, on a white stallion with his chariots. But he, he was making a point. He got on this donkey, this colt. This, it wasn't even a full-grown donkey. His feet were probably dragging along the ground. It was like, you're the king? You're on this dirty donkey, your feet are dragging on the ground. And, but he was, saying, he was trying to make a point to, to everyone about who he was and, and his character. And so we, we can't climb a religious mountain to find God. God came down to find us. The way to find God is easy. It's simply humbling yourself. He dwells in and with the lowly, the humble and contrite of spirit. The only blockage is pride. So the, the place to find God is on your knees. Figuratively, it's on your knees. It's saying, God, I need you. I need your presence. I need you to revive me and strengthen me. If you don't do it, it's not happening. And he's already there. He's there waiting. He's ready and waiting for us to, to admit our reliance upon him. And as soon as we admit, admit our reliance upon him, then it says that he revives us and strengthens us. So today, if, you, if, if you're caught in that religious mindset and you're feeling weary and tired, the answer isn't do more and push more to try and reach God. The answer is just admit your dependence on him just ask him for his strength ask him to revive you ask him to to give you the passion that you need to serve ask him to give it to you the bible says that he will dwell with you he will elevate you he will lift you up he will revive you Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So it says that he revives us, revives our spirit, revives our heart, and he actually exalts us. And so, see, being lowly and contrite and humble means that you're admitting your brokenness, really. It means that you're admitting that you, you, you have a brokenness in you that only he can fix. You can try and put yourself back together, but you'll, you'll do a horrible job. But if you let him put you back together, he'll, he'll do it well. And humility doesn't look like timidity or weakness or berating yourself or calling yourself a nobody. Humility is, is a steady and thankful reliance on Christ, a reliance on God's wisdom, God's power, God's spirit to lead you, to guide you, to produce fruit in you, to give you love for others, joy in life and strength for service. So when it says he exalts us, it doesn't mean that he exalts us into pride. It means he exalts us into life. He lifts us up into life, into the fruit of his spirit, in, into, into um, what he wants for us. That's what it means when he exalts us. It doesn't mean he puts us on a pedestal and says, worship that person. Not, not at all. Because um, stature, stature and servanthood go hand in hand. Stature and servanthood go hand in hand. They go together when you think about it. Because um, Jesus was of the greatest stature out of anyone. Any being, any created being, he has the greatest stature. But it goes hand in hand with his servanthood. 
And so if he lifts us up, if he gives us any stature, then hand in hand with that, part of that package is servanthood. That's the part of the package that you, that you grab when, if, he, if he wants to give us stature in life. The servanthood is the package that, is, that you carry with that. And you can't, you can't separate the two. See, you can't, you can't serve without Jesus giving you the stature of, of a son or daughter of God. You can't serve properly unless you know that he has gifted you and called you. You can't really serve him properly unless you know that he's lifted you up, that you're a son or daughter of God. You, you can't. And, and at the same time, if you try and take stature without servanthood, you just become a dictator. Uh, that, that, that's so contrary to God's ways. It, it's, you can't separate the two. They go hand in hand. And as we, humble, uh, as we humble ourselves before God as Jesus did, we grow in stature in who we are in God and we grow in servanthood because that is the heart of God. Jesus is of the greatest stature and he was the greatest servant of all. It says that Jesus, when he was alive, said, no one takes my life from me, I lay it down of my own accord. And when you're serving, you have to, you have, to have that mindset. You don't have to, but that, that's the mindset you want to have. I'm serving because... God has given me the power to lay down my life of my own accord. I want to do this. This is what I want to do. I'm not doing it just because someone's demanding it of me. I don't feel downtrodden or, or, or lorded over. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm laying my life down of my own accord. And only God can give you the capacity to do, to do that. We can't do it in our own strength. In Psalm 118.5 it says, Out of my distress I called upon the Lord, the Lord answered me and set me free and in a large place. There's some of us here today that we're feeling like our spirits are lagging. We feel empty and hollow as to the things of God. We feel deadened to, to, to Christianity and to the life of God. The, and, you know, the, the temptation is to try and fix it by elevating yourself, by lifting yourself up, by, by, as I said, trying to pray more and give more and serve more and, and become more like God and, 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 reach, and reach God and, and grasp him and, and then finally he'll be in, in your life. But, but today, um, you've got to change that mindset totally. <laughs> you've got to switch it around. It, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. All you have to do is just, if you, if you need reviving in your heart and in your spirit, all you have to do is, is get on your knees. Not necessarily physically on your knees, but you just have to say, God, I'm relying on you. I need your strength. I need you to, your spirit to revive me. Um, if we get the music team up. Now, all those activities have an integral and essential place in the Christian life, but not in our own strength. They must be founded and fueled by the Spirit of God. Here in Galatians it says, Are you, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? See, the, the Galatian church had, had lost track of it. They'd lost track of what it was all about. 
they, they started with the Spirit of God. They, they started... Do you remember... I've said this before, but do you remember when you first got saved? You were trying to do this great work for God and you were totally failure, total failure, you know? You, you, were, you, you just couldn't do it at all. And, and, and there came a point when you, when you got on your knees and you said, God, help me. Jesus, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me. Did you get to that point? I did. I got to that point. I said, Jesus, I I can't do it. I can't do life. I don't know how to do it. I haven't got the strength or the power to do it. And you know what? At that moment, suddenly, his spirit came upon me and lifted me up and energized me. And I was born again to a new life. And, and something happened in me and he gave me this power and this ability all because I just just asked him how, how easy is that I didn't I just asked him and he came in and strengthened me and lifted me up and helped me and started to wash my feet and, and started to show me that he loves me and he wants me to follow in his footsteps He will strengthen us for service and good works. He will revive our spirit. Can we all stand this morning? James 4, 6, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. Grace grace means just favor that you don't deserve. It's not based on how well you've done today or yesterday or the day before. It's not based on if you did a good thing or a bad thing on the way to church or earlier this morning. It's not based on that at all. Grace is not, that's not what grace is about. Grace is about a free gift. It's undeserved favour. It says that God is kind to the ungrateful and evil. He's kind. To, it, to all people and he, and he wants to give you his grace this morning he wants to revive your spirit and your heart he wants to lift you up he wants to elevate you he wants to give you a hope and a future he wants to empower you to be able to serve in a way that brings you joy not just, not just out of duty but he wants you to know his heart and as he lifts you up and, and you, he shows you how to do it it becomes a joy. It becomes a blessing to you and to the people around you. And it's a daily thing, just every day. That's all you, ha- you know. That's the basis of it. Every day, just asking God for His Spirit, for His presence. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to lift you up. Ask Him to revive you. Ask Him to give you wisdom. Ask Him to give you the ability to do what you've got to do. We're going to sing through a song in a minute um, after I pray, and I just want—I just want you to. We're going to close our eyes in a sec. We're not—I won't call in, in out the front this morning. But if you want to respond to this prayer, if you want to be included in this prayer, I just just put your hands out in front of you or raise your hand. Um, I, I sincerely believe. You know, I, I don't just believe it; it's a fact. If you, in your heart, this morning. Just offer yourself to God. He's going to come and strengthen you. 
His Spirit is going to touch you right now where you, where you stand. His Spirit is going to revive you and lift you up into life and into the good things he, he has for your life and the good things that He has for you to do. So in a moment, we're going to sing through a, a song. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing through a song. And as we're doing that, just give yourself to God. And just say, God, I'm here. Just as I am, I'm just giving myself to you. So Father, we just thank you. This morning, Jesus, we, we just, we're just so honored, Lord, that you would come and humble yourself and serve us, Lord. Lord, you saw that we couldn't climb that mountain. We couldn't climb that religious mountain. Lord, you saw that we didn't have the ability. We didn't have the strength, Lord. So you came and you, and you, and you took that mountain out of the way. You threw it into the depths of the ocean, Lord. And, and you, you said, my spirit will revive you. My spirit will help you. So, Lord, this morning, just put out your hands in front of you or raise your hands. Father, we just pray. Lord, every person that's in this building right now, that's listening to my voice right now, that needs a revival in their heart, that needs you to lift them up, that needs you to give them your power. Lord, we just pray that right now that power would fall upon people. Lord, your spirit would touch people. Lord, and lift them up and raise them up. God, and, and cause them to walk into the, the life and the destiny and the giftings and the callings. God, and the things that you have for them. Lord, let it not be a dull, boring Christianity. Lord, let it be full of life. Let it be full of, of your purpose and calling on each and every person. Lord, we just thank you that right now you're touching people's hearts and lives. Lord, you're reviving hearts. Lord, you're reviving spirits. God, you're bringing direction and clarity and wisdom into people's lives right now. Lord, we just thank you for it, God. And we just want to worship you right now for who you are and give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name.